Despite the slight Aussie twist this year, um, I'm sure that, uh, you know, we all know the story very well, don't we? We're familiar with the baby Jesus, or baby wombat, born in a manger, the wise men, the shepherds, and we all know the story well. And if you've been with us over the past year, you'll know we've been going through the book of Matthew in the Bible. And actually, if you think back right back to the carol service last year, this is actually where we started this series with the birth of Jesus. And as we've been going through the book of Matthew over the year, we've been just trying to get to grips with who is this man called Jesus? Who is this baby born in a manger? Who is the real Jesus? That's what we've been looking at. And that's exactly what Jesus' buddies, the disciples, have been trying to figure out right back since chapter 4 when they started hanging out with him. They've been trying to work out who is this man called Jesus. And now, 16 chapters in, after all this build-up, we have come to a momentous point in this book, a momentous point in this series. And so uh, if you want to flick in your Bibles to chapter 16, that's where we're going to be looking. And if you haven't got a Bible, um, then if you'd like to wave your hand in the air, then someone will pass you one from the back. And if you are using our red Bibles, you should find it on page 983. Okay, so the disciples, they're about to attend the biggest event of the year. It's time, just when you thought you'd had enough of these, it's time for the King's Quiz, which is the title for this morning. Just when you thought you'd had enough of quizzes, if you've been with us. This is, and this isn't just any quiz, this is arguably the most important quiz ever held, and it's hosted by this man, Jesus himself. Now back in those days... Making a quiz wasn't quite so easy. They didn't have the luxuries of PowerPoint or little sound clips and video bites. So there's none of this ten rounds of quiz questions. You're lucky this morning because there's only two questions to this big quiz. So it's a nice short one. So as we play this quiz together, I want you to pitch yourself in the disciples' quiz team. Okay? Okay? Anyone awake? We, all st- we are hungover, aren't we? I can tell. There's, I'm going to have to work hard on you. I'm losing my voice, so you've got to be nice to me this morning. Let's kick off the King's Quiz then with verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi in northern Israel, he asked his disciples, as they tucked into their fish and chips, quiz question number one. Who do people say the Son of Man is? So the King's Quiz starts off with Jesus basically saying to the disciples, who do people say that I am? So why do you think he does this? Is Jesus suddenly getting a bit of an identity crisis? Is he feeling a little bit insecure today? No. Jesus probably already knew what people had been saying about him. But instead of preaching at his friends or lecturing them, he starts off by simply just asking some questions. So he kicks off the quiz with a nice easy one, a third person question. Who do people say that I am? Because no one minds a third-person question, do they? It's not threatening, and it puts the other person in the role of the expert. So the disciples at this point, they're thinking, oh, Jesus is actually interested to hear my point of view. Jesus actually wants to hear what I've been experiencing. This is Jesus, the ultimate quiz master. 
showing us how to communicate effectively by just simply asking some questions. Okay, so let's see what the disciples' answer was. Verse 14, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So the disciples have filled Jesus in with what everyone's been writing about him on Facebook and what everyone's been tweeting about him. And they've quite happily given a few answers to this nice, easy quiz question number one. So if you're still awake, because most of you don't look very awake this morning, what's your answer to quiz question number one? Who do the people around you say that Jesus is? Your friends, your colleagues, your neighbours? Who do the people of Lewis say that Jesus is? I think my reply today would be some say you're a good man. Some people like Muslims will say you're a prophet, a bit like the disciples' answer. Some like to see Jesus as a bit of a pop icon, you know, the Jesus is my homeboy kind of fashion. Most people use your name as a swear word. And actually most people in this nation don't know hardly anything about you at all. So the disciples, they're full of answers for this first question, and they're feeling pretty confident at this stage, aren't they? And they're completely unaware they're falling straight into Jesus' trap. It's a bit like Jesus is a boxer at this stage. He's taken a little dummy jab with the first question, a little tiny blow. Their eyes are off the mark, and just as they're off guard, Jesus swings in with the right hook. Suddenly it gets personal as he asks, quiz question number two, but what about you? Jesus asked them, who do you say I am? Bang! Jesus hits them, bang on the nose, with a direct personal question. But actually, because he set it up with his first impersonal question, it's easy to do, isn't it? Do you see what he's done there? It's like saying to your non-Christian friend, I need, an ex- I need someone uh, to play my non-Christian friend for a bit of role play. Any, any volunteers? Phil. Phil's um, put his hand up, thank you. Let's have a round of applause for Phil. So Phil over here, bit of role play. This is my non-Christian friend. Just for uh, illustration purposes, I'm going to call him Clive, just to sort of be anonymous, so you don't have to be Phil today. And this might be, you know, at the school gate or in my lunch break or um, at the pub or at uni or whatever. Yeah, he likes the pub. Okay, so this is Clive at the pub. And I might say to Clive, so, um, Clive, why do you think that most people in this uh, country don't go to church? I think probably most people don't go because they can't be bothered. Um, They don't see the point of going to church. They think it's a waste of time because they don't believe in God. So why go to worship someone they don't believe in? Um, And they probably think it's a bit boring. You know, you sing some songs, you sit in pews, it's really cold. Um, this is Clive speaking. This is Clive. This is Clive. <laughs> really cold. And, uh, so, so, Clive, what, what about you? Why don't you go to church? I'd say probably the same reasons, to be quite honest. Uh, this is why I don't go. It's just a bit boring. You see what I've done there? A little bit of role play? How much easier is that than starting off and going, Clive, why don't you go to church? It's like, well, that's a bit threatening, isn't it? Do you see? Or, or another example. So, Clive, what do you think... Um, people around you, people in Lewis, think of King's Church? What's their rep- our reputation in the town? Well, I think there, you know, there's some, some good things going around about King's Church. It's quite lively and there's some good parties that go on. You know, <laughs> well, mediocre, really. Oh. Uh, and, uh, yeah, there's quite a nice bunch of people and you know, it's 
Seems to be quite good. So what about you, Clive? Uh, do you fancy coming on to Kings? I think I could give it a go. Oh, brilliant. See, do you see the idea, guys? Yeah, that's nice. Third-person question, get him speaking, and uh, even Clive can do it. Thank you very much, Clive. You can sit down. <laughs> Big round of applause. If you're like me, though, and you, you, you find it hard to start conversations with people about Jesus, this is Jesus showing us that we don't have to rehearse the perfect preach. Well, I think God made us with two ears and only one mouth because it's good for us to listen. I thought that was good anyway. <laughs> so before we've even got to the end of question two, this is Jesus showing us a great way to communicate by just simply asking questions. Maybe start off with a third-person question with your colleagues, your neighbours, and just let them do the talking. That's pretty doable, isn't it? So let's go back to the disciples then, who have just been asked this huge second question. And let's not forget, these guys were already pretty intimidated by Jesus. This isn't baby wombat in a manger anymore. The more astute of you will actually have noticed that we've actually missed out, very controversially, a little bit of Matthew just before this, a few verses. And if you've read it before, the disciples have just come into this quiz having made a hilarious comedy mistake when Jesus is teaching them in verse 6 basically to be on guard against false teaching. And the disciples somehow between them interpret that Jesus is mad at them because they forgot to bring the bread. And you just think, you read it and you think, how on earth could they seriously have thought that? They're not coming into this quiz with a great track record. Goodness knows what they're going to come out with on this time. So you're sort of thinking, who on earth is going to step up and face this big question number two? And it tells us that Simon Peter came forward with an answer. Now just imagine the suspense at this moment. The disciples, they're thinking back to all they've witnessed Jesus do. All that we've been reading about over the past year. The miracles, the healings, the casting out of demons, the incredible teaching, all the different responses we've seen to this man, the calming of the storm with just one word, the feeding of thousands, and now it's time for the verdict. It's crunch time. The disciples, uh, Peter is chewing over what to say. Just think how many times they've got it wrong before. This is the big moment for Peter, who has stepped up. You can just imagine the disciples, they're sitting on the edge of their seat. They're waiting for the verdict, like in a courtroom. A big gulp. And Peter declares, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Wow! Let's take off our religious spectacles and our over-familiarity with this statement. That is a phenomenal Statement by Peter. This is the first time that we've seen anyone directly addressing Jesus as the Messiah, meaning the anointed one, the Christ, the one who came to fulfill the entire hopes of the Jewish nation and of the world, the one who all of Scripture has been pointing to, the Saviour King. This is what Matthew has been screaming to us throughout this whole gospel. And finally, someone has got it. The lights have switched on finally for the disciples. Someone has finally declared it. Peter is declaring that Jesus is the king who has come to establish David's throne forever, as it says in Samuel, as it predicted in 2 Samuel. He is saying that Jesus is the fulfillment of Psalm 2, the king who really is the son of God. 
This is the first time anyone has put both of these two incredible titles together, the Messiah and the Son of God. There is no higher acclaim than this. It cannot be said enough how pivotal this moment is for Peter and his relationship with Jesus, and actually for this entire book. What on earth is the unpredictable Jesus going to say to this? Well, Jesus' response was, as we read it, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Get in, finally, Peter has got it right. And he's got it right big time. It's party time, you can just imagine. He's running around, he's high-fiving all the other disciples. He's doing a little sort of victory dance. Come on, guys, I need to wake you up. You're looking so tired. He's doing a little conga line with the disciples. He's just going, yes, come on, I've just scored the World Cup winning goal in the, in the final. It's amazing. And best of all, I've won the King's Quiz. There is no better glory than this. He knows there's no prize for fourth place, doesn't he, Rich? <laughs> so again, I had to do it. Again, just comparing notes, what, what's your answer then to quiz question number two? You've just been asked, who do you say that Jesus is? Who is this Jesus guy? You may be like the disciples. You've heard a lot about Jesus. You may be quite interested in this man. You may be growing up going to church. You may have been coming to Kings for a little while. But when it comes to this crunch question, what's your verdict on Jesus? Have you made your decision yet? Have you realised that this man, who was born originally in a manger who lived as a real life here on earth. The real Jesus is God himself. Jesus is the Messiah who God had promised. The one who came to live the perfect life, which we couldn't. Who died on the cross for our sin as our substitute. And who rose again from the dead and is alive today. Maybe today is your opportunity to respond to Jesus. To acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God and to give your life to follow him as, as your saviour, just as Peter did. And if you'd like to do that, if you haven't done that and you'd like to do it, I'd love to speak to you at the end if you want to come and see me or someone else here and uh, maybe have an opportunity to pray with you or talk to you about it more. But maybe you're just still not sure. Maybe you want to look at the evidence for Jesus a bit more and who was. Study a little bit more before you make your answer to quiz question number two. And that's great, that's fine. And if you do, we've got an Alpha course coming up uh, in January, which is just a great, that's something that I went on and found really helpful. It's just a great, informal, relaxed way just to ask any question you like. You get some great food, it's just a really great time. I know that some of you, a lot of you guys have been on it. And uh, if you'd like to know more about that, again, come and see me at the end, we can get you booked in. Um, and even beyond that, actually, next Sunday, I'd really recommend coming to the carol service, which is here at half four. And uh, that's a great, again, we're going to be looking at who is this guy, Jesus. But maybe, though, you're already a Christian. You've been a Christian for a very long time. Is your response today like Peter's to this question? Are you still wowed by who Jesus is? Are you still caught up in praise for the Messiah, the Son of the living God, the king who is God himself. Do you know who the real Jesus is? Maybe today is your opportunity to recommit 
to follow in the king who came to save us. The king who gave himself for us. If Jesus came to you today and, and put you on the spot and said, who do you say I am? Ryan, who do you say I am? Chris, who do you say I am? If Jesus puts you on the spot, what would your answer be? Can you declare with confidence who Jesus is? Maybe this morning is your chance just to say to Jesus, I want to know you more. I'm sure we'd all say that. I want to know you more. I want you to reveal more of yourself to me. I want to get hold of the Bible and find out more about you, Jesus. Let's not become too familiar with who Jesus is and not be constantly in awe of this incredible man who is God himself, the Messiah. Amen? Amen. So finally then, let's finish off. Peter got it right. So what does every good quiz have for the winner? Prizes, absolutely. Very important. So the final important question is what's the prize? Jesus goes on. For Peter, this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Now this isn't sounding so good on the prize front, is it? Jesus is making it clear that this revelation of Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, it didn't come through Peter's wisdom. It didn't come from his intelligence. It didn't come because he had witnessed a lot of miracles or because he was the best disciple or the most religious guy. This kind of revelation can only come from God himself. It's a little bit like being on my quiz team. There's no chance on earth that we will ever win the quiz. It's a bit like Marcus was saying last week. We were absolutely thrilled that we came fifth place this year. We just, I literally could not believe it. It wasn't even the bottom half. It was phenomenal. You may as well just fail our team from the start. There's, there's almost no point in us turning up. We're just there just for the social side. We're never going to be good enough. We will never win the prize. But it's almost as though as we come to the quiz, we sit down to do our answers and we look at our answer sheets and Jesus has already filled in all the answers for us perfectly on our behalf. Jesus has shown us all the answers. He's revealed it to us incredibly, unbelievably, we're then entitled to receive the first prize. It's not that we were good enough. It's not that we earned it. It's not that God saw potential in us as a quiz player. It's not that we picked Jesus for our quiz team. It was only possible for us to know the real Jesus because God made it possible by sending Jesus to live the perfect life for us. Amen? Okay, let's see if Peter does get a prize then on verse 18. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. So Peter, whose name means rock, has just been told that Jesus is going to build his church on him. Now can this really be right? So I was reading this, I was thinking, this is the guy that a minute ago just just thought that Jesus was talking about sandwiches when he was teaching an important lesson. I'm sort of thinking, this is the guy who's going to build his church on. And a lot of you would have probably actually read this before, and actually there's a lot of debate as to what this really means. But I believe this verse has two meanings. Firstly, I believe Jesus is literally saying that he's going to build his church, his early church, under Peter's leadership. As you go on into the book of Acts, you'll see that this actually happened. He, re- he built his church on Peter. The new people of God grew under Peter's leadership. However, that has to be limited because Peter dies and the church doesn't cease. It continues. So secondly, and most importantly, 
Jesus is promising to build his church on the revelation that Peter received, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. This revelation of who the real Jesus is and this faith in him. This is why this declaration by Peter is so important. It's pivotal to this book. And amazingly, it's the same revelation that you and I have received if you're a Christian here this morning. The point is that Jesus has not just promised to build his church on Peter or some 2,000 years ago or through the other disciples, but also through you and me today. Regardless of whether you've been a Christian for 40 years or for 40 minutes, each of us have a part to play in Jesus fulfilling his mission here on earth, to be on a winning team, to be part of the quiz team, if you like, that will never fail, which God has promised to build, which has the king of heaven and earth on. What a quiz team. What a privilege. And what an encouragement. If you feel stressed and tired and weary and worn out and fed up with life, you can rest assured that God has promised to build his church through you and me. There's no plan B. It's a bit cheesy, but we are the A team. We are. Do you agree? Okay, and Jesus, who has promised to build his church on Peter and on us, continues. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So Jesus continues with this promise by saying that the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Now again, take off our religious spectacles. Gates of Hades, that sounds a little bit weird, doesn't it? Wasn't Hades like a Greek god or something? I was sort of trying to work out what this meant. But the word for Hades is actually the expression for death. This is Jesus guaranteeing it because he rose, he died, sorry, and rose again from the dead. Because he conquered the grave, his church, his people will not be defeated by death. The truth is that we're all affected by death, aren't we? And one day we will die. That's my nice cheery Christmas message for you. But the Bible says the penalty for our sin is death. However, the amazing thing is, if we confess Jesus as the Christ, we can know with confidence that death is not the end. However tough life gets in the face of sickness, depression, recession, poverty, cancer, or even death, we have the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So often this passage can be taken to say, come on church, let's take on the demonic, let's take on the devil. Well actually, in fact, I believe it's declaring, as it says in 1 Corinthians 15, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your sting, uh, victory? Where, where O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? You're not singing anymore! Because Jesus has given us the victory. He has won the quiz for us. Jesus' church will not be beaten. Death cannot stop the church. We're guaranteed the victory. So we can stand firm no matter what is thrown our way. Amen? Amen. Jesus promises his people eternal life. That's the undeserved prize. He promises an eternity with a restored relationship with him. And that doesn't start when we die. But as soon as we put our trust in him, he promises that. 
nothing, sorry, nothing can stand against God's people, against those who have put their trust in Jesus as the Saviour. As Jesus himself puts it in John 11, whoever believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Isn't this an awesome prize? Anyone agree? So, Peter, a.k.a. Rocky, is fired up at this point, isn't he? He's ready to go and spread the news about the Messiah. He knows that nothing can stand against him. He's got this promise. He's ready for some serious warfare. This is it. He's kissing the guns. He's got the war paint on his face. And so what does Jesus say in verse 20? Then Jesus ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Once again, Jesus is completely unpredictable. Finally, the disciples have got it. Finally, this is time to spread the news that Jesus is the Messiah. But Jesus tells them, don't tell anyone. And in typical 24-style cliffhanger, I'm going to leave it there at the end of part one of the real Jesus. Everything has changed following this incredible quiz. This is the pivotal moment when Peter declared who the real Jesus is. And I'm sorry to say, you're going to have to wait until the new year to see what happens in part two of the real Jesus. Nothing is quite the same from this point on. But I would just finish by saying, don't miss out on your response to this quiz question. Look again at what you would be putting on your answer sheet. What about you, Jesus said. Who do you say that I am? That's the big question. Maybe it's time for you to commit to following Jesus and to become a Christian today. Maybe it's time for you to consider an Alpha course, which we've got coming up in January, and I'd love to speak to you afterwards. And if you have committed to following Jesus, what an awesome promise that Jesus will build his church through you and me. Because we've been given this incredible revelation like Peter. And even death cannot defeat us now, as we have eternal life through him. Isn't that amazing? Great, I'm going to pray and then we'll get some uh, tea and coffee. Yeah, Father, I thank you for this amazing revelation of who Jesus is. I thank you that there's nothing we could ever have done to figure out ourselves. We were never good enough for the quiz team. But I thank you that you are the Messiah, Jesus. I thank you that you're the Son of the living God and that you came to die for us. And I just pray for anyone here who doesn't yet know you. I just pray that you will just reveal that to them, reveal the real Jesus to them. And I pray for each of us that you'll just reveal more of who you are, Jesus, to us now. And it will just go away changed and glorifying you as the incredible Messiah, the King of kings, who is worthy of all our praise. Amen. Amen. There's tea and coffee at the back. Feel free to hang around and uh, it would be nice to chat to you.